And we began a series last week during this 21, 21 days um, about and are, are giving some life-changing prayers. And you can follow along on the notes. There should be uh, some there on your, on your seat if you'd like to follow along. These prayers are powerful and are for, they're for everybody. But everybody may not want to pray these prayers because they are truly challenging whenever they are sincerely prayed. They're not prayers that we just pray just to fulfill a, a sense of duty to pray. These are prayers that will radically change our lives. There has been, there's been a lot of research done on church life in America, and all of the studies, all of the stats show that, <clears throat> that the American churches have done a pretty good job of facilitating a, a good Sunday experience. But we've been pretty lousy over the last several years of taking Sunday and applying it to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So hold on to your seats, because these prayers are prayers that, that come into not just having a, an experience on Sunday, but having lasting life change on a continual basis. So today's prayer, last, last week, is one that is found in Psalm 139, where it says, Search me, O God, and know my thoughts. See if there's anything offensive way in me, and lead me in the paths of righteousness. Isn't that an awesome prayer? So it's one of the, it's a life-changing prayer. Today is another one, moves us a little bit Further, not only do we want him to search us, but God, continually change me, O oh God. Continually change me, O oh God. And I want to give just, the first thing is the perspective of change. The perspective of change. First of all, change is possible. You need to believe that. No matter, no matter how badly your life needs to change, no matter how far away you may seem that you may feel like you are, it doesn't matter how dry you may feel that you are, it doesn't matter how wicked you may feel that you are. Change is possible. It's a, it, and that's the reason Jesus came to earth. It was to provide the possibility for our lives to be eternally, practically, and radically changed. So change is possible. The next thing we see is change is, 
a partnership between you and God. Change is a partnership between you and God. It is possible for us to change and become who God desires us to be, or it is, it is impossible. Let me get this. Let me read my notes right. It is impossible for us to change and become who God desires us to be without God's participation. But let me tell you this as well. God will not change us without our participation. It's a partnership. Continual positive change involves a partnership between you and God. There are things that only God can do to facilitate change in my life, and there are things that only I can do to facilitate change in my life. Isn't that true? It's kind of like the farmer who had a, he had a bumper crop. And this preacher came by, just, you know, he would drive by every day and he would see this, these acres and acres and acres of just beautiful, a beautiful harvest. And it was about time for him to take harvest. So he stopped by there with that preacher, I mean, with that farmer one day and said, man, God has blessed you. Don't you know that God has blessed you with some awesome land and an, an awesome crop that's ready for harvest? It is beautiful, this farm that God has blessed you with. And the farmer said, yes, God did bless me, but you should have seen it before I partnered up with him. <laughs> it is the same way in our lives. Continual life change happens only when we partner with God in, a, in making it happen. Continual change in our lives happens when we partner with God. And then change is immediate and a process. I wish to goodness. And sometimes, sometimes there's, well, there's always an eternal immediate change that happens and there's immediate change whenever we surrender our life whenever we truly surrender our lives to Christ there's a there's an immediate change in what I call our want to God does a work whenever we surrender him to him he he changes something comes alive in us to where we want to do different than what we used to do and we want to be different than what we want than what we used to be. Ephesians 2, it's in your notes. Verse 1, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins. Verse 4, But because of God's great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, immediately made us alive. With Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. It was immediate. Aren't you thankful for that? Praise God for that. So it's an, it is immediate in one aspect, and it truly is the most important change that can ever happen 
in any one of our lives, but change doesn't end there. We need to experience and pray for continual change because there's immediate change, but there's also change that's, that's a process. And I w- wish that, man, whenever I gave my heart to Christ, all of my issues were taken care of. <laughs> but I still got issues. <laughs> The one amen I get in my whole sermon is right there. Isn't that great? Yeah. God bless you. But we all have areas to where we need continual change. And it's possible. Anything that is living and healthy grows. And anything that grows continually changes. Anything that is healthy, living and healthy grows, and anything that grows continually changes. My daughter and my daughter-in-law both have beautiful gardens. Um, And after they planted the seed in the ground, they were waiting and expecting for signs of life to come up. And they, were, they celebrated whenever, whenever, whenever that first sign of life broke through the soil. Mia would send pictures. I mean, she still sends pictures of her garden. Isn't? And it's, it's great. But as exciting as that day was, they would have been disappointed. They had not seen continual growth and continual change and then eventually have been able to eat some of the fruit and some of the veggies from what what they planted in that garden. They would have known something was wrong if there wasn't continual growth and change. Can I say something to us a little challenging? Y'all ready for it? If this is your first time here, you chose a great day. If your life looks about the same as it did when you first surrendered your life to Christ, you desperately need to pray this prayer. If your life looks the same as it did last year, you desperately need to pray this prayer. If you're expecting your life to look the same tomorrow as it does today, you desperately need to pray this prayer. If you're a follower of Christ. You know what that means? (laughs) We all desperately need to pray this prayer. Search me, O God. Continually change me, O God. 
to be the person that you've called me to be. So let's look real quickly. As I look at the clock, let's look real quickly at the process of continual change. And we're going to be in 2 Peter. And this is one of the times when I, I wish that we all carried paper Bibles again where you could keep your Bible open. Yeah, thank you. There's some that have them here. Praise Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 1 starting in verse 3. Look look at this. This is God's part. His divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them you may participate. You can partner up with God in the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil evil desires. Remember it's a partnership. This is God's part. He's given, he gives us everything that we need to continually change. Goes on to say in verse 5, For this very reason, this is your part, you make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection, love. And it goes, you never get to that place where you're perfect. So it kind of goes like this. To where we continually add these qualities. So let's look at these, these qualities in the process of continual change. And you need to note that there is an order to the process. You have, you first place your faith or your trust in Jesus and what he's done. That's the beginning. <clears throat> faith is there not just, it's not just believing in God, it's believing God. It's not having faith that there is is a God, it is when you place your faith or your trust in Jesus as God in and over your life. It's the first quality and it's the motivation for the rest of the qualities of continual change. We place our faith, we place our trust in Him. You are God over my life. You are God in my life and you are God over my life. And that brings a motivation for this next part, goodness. It motivates us to add goodness. That Greek word means moral excellence. We start striving for moral excellence, true goodness and 
in, in the Christian's life is not polishing our human qualities. It is producing divine qualities that, that make, make us the people that God wants us to be. That the work that only he can do whenever we surrender to him and desire to be that person. Goodness. All right. So faith helps us add goodness. And then goodness helps, faith and goodness help us to add the next quality of knowledge. This knowledge is not head knowledge, but a practical knowledge. The kind of knowledge from experiencing something. A few months back, Mickey and I went out to, out to Utah and we went, I told you the story, some of y'all have seen the pictures. Went to the Arches National Park, Canyonlands National Park, Dead Horse Point State Park, beautiful out there. Canyonlands was my favorite, and it was, I mean, it, it created all. It truly did. I mean, about brought a tear to my eye whenever we first came over one and we could see those, those canyons. It was just massive. This kind of knowledge, you can, you can kind of know what Canyonlands is like by me showing the picture to you. But I know it in a whole different way because I experienced it. This kind of knowledge that we're talking about here is not the knowledge of where some, you've seen a picture of somebody. It is the kind of knowledge of, I know because I've experienced God in my heart. I know Him. I know that, I know that his, his promises come true because I've added goodness to my life. And I've walked in this goodness enough to where I've he has proven himself faithful in my life. So then, honestly, every one of these qualities, I could take an entire message on them, but we're not going to. Knowledge helps us Add self-control. This self-control is like when an athlete exercises and disciplines himself to win a prize. I mean, I am a model of it. <laughs> then self-control helps us add perseverance. Self-control has to do with handling the pleasures of life, while perseverance relates, to, relates primarily to the pressures and the problems of life. So self-control, we have self-control whenever we, whenever we are, are partnering up with God to, have to, to not partake of 45 donut holes. The different areas of Pleasures, the temptations of the pleasures of life. Perseverance has to do with 
whenever that whenever those problems and those pressures and those trials come that are just part of life. We're adding that, how we handle those. Self-control and perseverance helps us add godliness. We're talking about the process of continual change. Wouldn't it be great if it was just immediate? But God wants us to continually have to depend upon Him. He wants us to, to continually draw close and say, Lord, here's another area in my life that I need you to help me with. Godliness simply means God-likeness. In the original Greek, this word meant to worship well. It describes the person who is right in his relationship with God and his fellow man. Here's what Warren Wiersbe wrote about this word godliness. It is that quality of character that makes a person distinctive. He lives above the petty things of life, the passions and pressures that control the lives of others. He seeks to do the will of God, and as he does, he seeks the welfare of others. He must never get the idea that godliness is an impractical thing because it is intensely practical. The God, continuing to quote him, the godly person makes the kinds of decisions that are right and noble. He does not take an easy path simply to avoid either pain or trial. He does what is right because it is right and because it is the will of God. Isn't that awesome? We as followers of Christ, whenever we partner with Him, we have the ability to continually change and become more like Christ. We're able to rise above the petty stuff. Godliness helps us add mutual affection. Another translation reads, brotherly kindness. In other words, it's about how we love and treat one another as followers of Christ. We talked about that a few weeks ago. But then it doesn't stop there. Mutual affection must also lead to love. That love is it's a confusing word because it means so many things. I mean, we, we use it from we love our wives, we love our dogs, we love our donut holes, we love our coffee. I mean, it's just a big word. This is talking about the agape kind of love. We must also add the sacrificial love that Jesus displayed when he went to the cross. The agape love that God shows towards lost sinners. Y'all still with me? Don't change and go to sleep on me.
When we have, a, have mutual affection, we love because of our likenesses. We love one another because we have some, like, some mutual interests and likenesses. Even if, it, even if we're so diverse that we have all kinds of other stuff, but we have a mutual likeness in that we are followers of Jesus Christ. And if we will focus on him, we're going to be close. It's brotherly kindness. It's mutual affection. But with agape love, we love in spite of the differences we have with people who are even far from God. Seth, you can come on back. And it's possible for our fallen, it is impossible for our fallen nature to manufacture. You can't fake this. You know what? <laughs> I've tried before. It didn't work too good. I mean, it, it came out. That part that needed to be worked on, if I didn't, if I didn't uh, voluntarily surrender that to God, <laughs> it showed up. Because it's impossible for our fallen nature to manufacture these seven qualities of continual change. But because we have been made alive in Christ, God has given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. So now we have the divine nature living inside of us. So that whenever we partner with him, we can work out what he works in. Philippians talks about, Philippians 2 talks about, it is God who works in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. God, help me to continually change. So what is the, what's the product? What does it produce whenever we pray this prayer? And we partner with God. Look at verse 8. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure. Again, it's not just the way we were a year ago. Or five years ago. Or yesterday. If you possess these qualities in increasing, increasing measure. They will. This is awesome. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. In your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It won't just be letters on a page. It will produce something in our lives. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. Forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Verse 10. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, this is our part. And it does take our energy. He says, you make every effort 
to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, <laughs> you will never stumble. It's powerful. And you will receive. You will receive. Because God is always faithful. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. God help us. And as we take a minute and just honor you and worship you and we humble ourselves before you, O oh God. I pray that we truly would pray, search me, O oh God. And that we would pray, Lord, please continually change me to be more like you. Lord, I pray in your name, if there's any person here or online that hasn't surrendered their lives yet, God, I pray that you would just draw them by your spirit and that every one of us would continually make the best decision that we could ever make of saying, Lord, I surrender. I surrender all to you. And I ask you to come and empower me and change me to be the person that you have created me to be. In Jesus' name, let's worship you.